Welcome to the Made Up Savannah podcast. I'm your host, Dee Daniels, and I'm very excited to be painting the town with my friend and artist, Peter Roberts, on this episode. Peter, welcome to the podcast. Hello. So nice to have you, finally. I'm very excited. Um, first, I want to say you have such uh, just a, a grand reputation here in this area. Um, None of it true. Oh, see, I was going <laughs> to go go story by story, but... Apparently, we're not going to do that. So none of it true. Okay, good, good, good to know. Um, but you really do, and you're you're so respected in the, in the community and the art community and, and the culture here. How did you get to Savannah? Because you didn't grow up here. No, I actually, and Savannahs don't kill me for this, I actually uh, was born and raised in Connecticut. So I'm a true Connecticut Yankee. So not a Southerner. Not a Southerner. I came here in 1983 to go to Savannah College of Art and Design. So many stories start with, uh, you know, I came to go Mm -hmm. to to SCAD. And what what a journey SCAD is for so many people. It sounded like it was the same for you quite a time. Oh, yeah. I mean, I... I have a bunch of friends, and we always laugh about how we're probably the oldest living SCAD grads tell all. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you go to SCAD for? Initially, I started in illustration, and then about two quarters in, I decided to switch to video, which at that point, video production, which at that point in the early 80s was a new field. Uh, and extremely at that point, right? Yeah. 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 We, um, the, uh, the head of the department was a man by the name of Murray Wilson, who actually was trained at the BBC. Oh, wow. So he was tough and it was rough, but it was, I learned a lot and I actually was able to finagle a job right when I graduated. Oh, wow. Which was sort of unheard of. Yeah. You know, yeah. at that point, I mean, it was local, but still it was. It was uh, it was good. And I feel like, especially during that time, you really didn't find very, you didn't find many people racing to get into that field because no. they didn't know what they were going to do with it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it was, you know, it was, it was analog and it was on <laughs> tape and we had four or five different widths of tape. So, wow. You know, it was back it was in fun. the day, back in the day. I love it. We were still, we were still splicing things together mm-hmm. and, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. um, uh, 80s, 90s radio was the same. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was that, um, cutting edge technology that is now not even technology anymore. What it was then. It's no, different it's, it's not, there's not that physicality to mm-hmm. it or that chunk chunk or that, uh, uh, the hilarious demagnetizer that you would have to use on your edit machines to demagnetize the heads. Right. Right. <laughs> so different. Um, now, um, I, I, I want to sort of draw the line, you know, into where you are today and, and what you're doing today, but, how has SCAD changed since you were there? And Literally, when I started, it was the one building schoolhouse. Mm. And, uh, you know, that the year that I started, they acquired their second building. Wow. So. And it, how many they have now? A gajillion. Yeah. <laughs> a good chunk of the city. Yeah. Yeah. And beyond. And beyond. <laughs> yeah. I think what's, you know, what's interesting is the, uh, um, the actual, you know, the actual direct effect of uh, pulling in so many creative types here is that they they stay. Right. So this community is very um, art rich. 
Yes. And they do stay. And sometimes stay. when they leave, they come back. <laughs> I would be one of those people, yes. So you left. I did. Okay. I did. I left a couple of times to do various projects, but I always ended up coming back to Savannah. Mm. And then I was up for a position at Turner in Atlanta and um, was kind of wavering a little bit. And then I met my future spouse. So I stayed. Ah, that'll do it. Yeah. That'll do it. It's funny because I, I really feel like so many people have this this story of leaving and coming back um, with Savannah. It's like, you know, I was here for this and I did this and then I left and I thought, OK, that was a chapter. But then it's like, ooh, there was something that brought you back. Well, I think there's just so much. It was interesting because there is, you know, unfortunately, a couple of years ago, we had a funeral or yeah, pre-COVID, we had a funeral for a college friend. So a lot of the people from that era came back mm. and a lot of them hadn't been back in decades, literally. Oh, wow, yeah. And they were amazed at how bright the city was just physically. Mm. Like it was more well lit. Yeah. Yeah. And they were amazed at all the amounts of galleries and the good food and the interesting bars. And they were sort of knocked out. Mm. And I said, I, I said, I kept telling, come on, come on back. It's, it's happening. It, yeah, and, and the landscape has changed so much, mm -hmm. I feel like, in the last 15, 20 years mm -hmm. that people talk about that all the time. And if you ask someone, you know, what what was the, the, the needle, what was the thing that moved the needle, every answer is different from every person. Oh, yeah, a lot of people are like, oh, it was the book. And then, oh, it was Forrest Gump. Or, oh, it was oh, Paula Deen. It was, right, it was yes, Paula Deen. Yes. Yeah. So I, all these I hear contributing factors. So many different mm -hmm. answers. What's your answer to that? What was the thing? Or is it still just going on? I think I think being a port city, it's always going to be evolving. You know, because if you look, you know, to the late 1800s and 1900s in Savannah, early 1900s, it it was different than other cities and it kept changing. Just the sheer amount of immigrants and people from different places because you know, we were on a rail line, we're a port the interstate, mm -hmm. you know, wasn't always, it was always a vital town as sort of as sleepy as it is. I don't think it was ever actually asleep. Mm, yes. I feel that. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it's sleepy in an interesting Southern way. It's like, it's yeah. the pace. Yeah. It's the feel. Um, it's the heat. Yes. That too. <laughs> How did you ever get used to the, the heat coming from Connecticut and growing up? Ooh, with the cold. Do you miss it? Do you miss the cold weather? Uh, I miss four seasons, yeah. Mm. I grew up with four distinct seasons. But, you know, I see my friends up there and I'm like, hmm, glad I'm not there in January. <laughs> <laughs> glad I'm not wearing a snowsuit and you are. <laughs> right. Glad I don't have to de-ice my locks, you know. <laughs> Let me call you when I'm under my palm tree. I'll right, see. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the art scene here. You have been obviously all over it for many years and, and continue to, to work hand in hand, no pun intended, with, with so many artists, uh, up and coming artists, people that have been here for a long time. It's a different feel in the art scene here. What, what do you think makes it so different? I think that Probably the creative community here uh, do actually come out and support other artists. 
the artists come out for art shows, they tell their people about it. So it's more of a, it's definitely more of a group effort. I mean, not that there's not competition, but there's definitely a community of people that understand what it takes to be a working artist. And they recognize that in other working artists. Mm -hmm. They know what they know, what we go through to get work produced, to get work seen, Mm -hmm. to get work sold. Yeah. It's interesting. That's your answer, because years before we moved here, we were visiting and, and figuring out, knowing this is where we wanted to be. And that was one of the things that really drew us here was this sense of community. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter whether it was in the creative community, whether it was a, a small business community. It didn't matter whether it was a pop-up, a new store, a fashion show, a drag show, an art show. Mm-hmm. Everyone showed up for everyone. And that was something that we were so attracted to in a community that mm-hmm. we said, man, we want to be a part of that. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's also to perhaps the um, an ability to live to live here and to work here, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the only place that you sell your work is Savannah. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of artists sell outside of the market just because you know it's a, it's a double edged sword, right? Like we're so art rich. I mean, I like to say we're the Santa Fe of the Southeast. No one knows it yet. <laughs> but we're so art rich, but we don't have enough outlets, nor do we have enough um, outside regional buyers coming to buy art. Mm. So we're on that little cusp, like little precipice in time yeah. where that the idea of it being a true art town is not quite there yet. Yeah. You know, it's sort yeah. of it's right there, but it's just like what's going to what's going to tip it. That's, that that was going to be my next question. What do you think is going to put it over the edge? You know, I'm I'm crossing my fingers that um Superfine Art Fair is coming to Savannah at the end of March, beginning of April for 4 days and they're um an internationally known, but they're a national um art fair that travels is national contemporary art fair that travels throughout the u.s okay they um started in new york and really banged it out there in miami and they branched out to chicago seattle san francisco la and their very first southeast city over atlanta over charleston is savannah Mm. so i'm kind of hoping that 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 model People will come and see, right. and then they'll come and see all the other art and creative endeavors that are happening. You know, there is there is art tourism. I'm mm. just not sure if 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 it's being done properly on a regional scale. Right, right. And is Savannah in that flow exactly with the tourism piece exactly for art? And exactly. you know, I feel like there are so many, so many talented people here. It makes my job really easy. No doubt. You no know, doubt. doing doing location gallery. I'm like, okay, who's on the roster? Okay, like haven't seen them in a while. Let's call them. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Let's talk about location gallery. How did how was that born? We talked a little bit about it with with Austin on the first episode, and and what a beautiful uh, just a beautiful reason behind the whole thing. Yeah. What is your side of that? Um, I had actually been doing art fundraisers for local nonprofits while also being a uh, 
a graphic designer and a, a branding person. I'd also thrown my hat in the ring to do uh, art, fun, like silent auctions and whatnot for uh, Telfair Ball uh, and also for Historic Savannah Foundation. And they raised some good money. So, you know, the caveat was that the artists themselves get 50% of the sale because a lot of these artists were getting asked to donate work for free, mm -hmm. which does nothing, which does not put food on the table for an artist. That's right. Um, so in order to sort of, you know, have empathy and action for the creatives, I said, you know, I'll do this um, as long as the artists get paid. And there's a little pushback and then they're like, okay. And what happens is, is when the artists get paid and you have a theme or an idea, you actually get fresh work. You actually get thoughtful work. You actually get work with a narrative that appeals to people as opposed to something that's just sitting on the studio floor. Right. So I had done those, had seen Austin at those, had known Austin a while. Um, we'd been working together on, on a logo for him. And um, he came to one of my head case shows, actually my second head case show, Son of Head Cases. Da -da. It's that. Um, <laughs> and he said, you know, hey, do you, you know, I, I, I said, he said, do you know the building on Whitaker and Taylor? And I said, yeah, it's a great building. My friend Elena Madden used to have a great gallery there, right? And he said, well, I want to put a gallery in there in the real estate office. Mm. He said, what do you think about running it? I said, well, let's go to lunch. Because it was, you know, several cups of things yes. at that point. Yes. So we went to lunch. We call them cups of courage. Cups of courage. Yes, and that's right. we went to lunch and uh, he said, yeah, I'd like to do it. And I'd like to, I don't, he said, I'd like to give the pro, he goes, I don't need to make money off the art. Right. We pay the artists, you know, we pay our expenses and then we donate to the nonprofit. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, that's a perfect three-legged stool. Because it brings in the crowd of the artists, it brings in the crowd of collectors, it brings in the crowd of the nonprofit. That's right. So it's this whole like sort of community lab mashup. Mm -hmm. So we crossed our fingers, we opened up, and just haven't stopped since it was kapow. Well, and quite the opposite, right? I mean, you've actually been trying to figure out how to fit everyone into the calendar for the year, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're booked up for this year, yeah. for 23, because that will make it easier for us to do, you know, impromptus or like shows at other places or, you know, little pop-ups or if there's, you know, if there's an opportunity for a property that really needs some foot traffic, you know, within the real estate listings, we can, we can figure out something there. Right which could be really, really cool. No doubt. Because it's that, you know, it's that, it's that voyeuristic aspect mm -hmm. that people may not want to go to an open house, but they might go to an art show. And it's so different. Yeah. When you think about it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, having these worlds be together, it makes sense. Yeah. And yet still so different and unique. Well, they're parallel. Yes. So. Yeah. In a weird way. Right. Would that be, would that be parallel or would that be? They're near each They're other? adjacent. Yes. <laughs> so they're close. They're close. They're very close. Sometimes a little too close. Uh, sometimes a tad. You're right. You're absolutely right. I have to thank you, though, because um, speaking of location gallery, you actually awakened one of my creative bones when we had Love Shack. Um, and Love I got Shacks. to participate Love in that. Which was amazing. Um, how many artists did we end up with I think it featuring? Was 30, 
34. The majority were um, local. Yeah. Others were artists that I had met on my travels or shows in other places. And uh, they were they were all part of the rainbow. So I asked them to join in. Yeah. And it was all for a great cause. Yep. As well. Um, recognizing the first. Savannah Pride Center. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is just amazing. I, I love how you pieced all of that together. And I know that that so so much of it just came straight from your brain and your heart. And how do we do all of this? The, I don't I, I don't know how you gave this theme to so many people. And and when we were all of us were never in the same room yet, when it all came together, yeah. it seemed so unified in a way. I think it's, I think the unification probably had to do with the idea of um, pride mm, mm-hmm. and also, you know, show, show yourself, which yes. I think a lot of artists were exemplary in that. And then also the scale, because birdhouses were identically sized. Mm-hmm. So it kind of forced people to <laughs> do this sort of thing that they might not have been used to. Yeah. Uh, when I was actually making mine, I was like, oh my God, this is like more than, three surfaces this is like mm-hmm. 12 right because <laughs> all the corners and nooks yes. and crannies and uh, it was maddening and exciting all at the yeah. same time like how do you make yes. that how do you make that corner work yes you know uh my friend melody was you know not cussing me out but she's like jesus <laughs> like i need to charge two thousand dollars for mine right <laughs> you know the amount of time you spend just thinking on it right and and, then, and making it oh it's just crazy and i you know i ended up putting uh oyster shell on the side of mine and it was like wait a minute how do we do this without tipping this little thing over and there yeah. was just so much that went into yeah. it and i and Everyone did that. Every artist that brought something to the table was just like, wow, we all were having that. That was the unification. Like, well, it's three. It's all the way. It's 3D. Yeah. You know, and so you have to kind of force yourself to make those all those planes work, mm-hmm. but also not look forced. Yes. So. <laughs> It was a, it was beautiful. It was it, it was a great night. And yeah, it was a fun show. It, it just continues to be something that that people talk about, and I just I love it. I, I loved watching people walk by, and and they were just like, "Whoa, are those birdhouses?" Yeah, the birdhouses. Yeah. Come buy one. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And so. and so many of them have sold. Oh yeah, a lot. So much money has has gone mm-hmm. uh, to to the first uh, city pride and. Yep. What a wonderful thing. Yeah, we, you know, we try to, we try to select nonprofits that um, do a lot of, do a lot of good, stretch that dollar really far within mm-hmm. their organization. And or for the larger ones, we tend to, will earmark where those dollars go. So it's mm-hmm. not just like general fund. It's, right. you know, a specific endeavor within their programming. Right, right. That might need a little more help. Yeah, and it means so much. I feel like to to all of them that are involved, they're they're very they're very present with whatever show you're doing. They're very present yeah. with everyone, every artist that's involved. There's there's that community. So funny because my friend called. I talked to her the other day, and she says, "Yeah, that because she was um, at League of Women Voters at that point." And we did a show for them and they thought, oh, you know, we'll raise a couple hundred bucks. She was like, holy crap, that thing was four numbers long. Ah. And I was like, see? Nice. Power of connection. That's right. So. Yeah. And it's very apparent. 
Um, so many artists that are, are looking for kind of that inspiration, that moment uh, here in Savannah, and, and so many of them going to SCAD and so many of them part of different galleries here. What's your advice for artists? I know you, you, you talk to them a lot and you are with them on their sort of their journey. I would say rule number one, have a website because it makes it far easier for galleries and, um, you know, shows and things like that to see your identity and what you're doing. Um, and it's, you know, it's 2023. If you don't have a website by now, you then hire someone to do it. Right. Um, it's a necessary tool and it's so easy because, as an artist, you're just showing visuals. Mm -hmm. You don't really have to write a lot. Yeah. You can maybe be anecdotal about your work if you want to be. You don't have to be. Yeah. Um, but you do have to show it. You do have to show yeah. it. And so that, that would be number one. Number two, I would say, you know, most galleries have a contact link. Contact through there. Mm -hmm. um, apply to shows if there's open calls. Because the worst thing you can hear is no. And you're going to hear no. Right. But the reason you hear no is not based on the quality of your work. It's because they're looking at a much larger span of work mm -hmm. to fit within the show. Mm -hmm. So maybe, you know, maybe your, you know, your landscapes, they already have their landscapes for that show. You know, so, yeah. you, so you don't know what's in the mix already yeah. or what they've got planned or where they're going. I would also too, like, you know, look at your work and go visit these galleries and see if you would fit in there. Mm -hmm. And you'll know, you'll, you'll, you'll get a sense, you know, because you like a lot of times new artists will come to us or artists that are new to us and say, how do I get in the show? And I always say, well, you start with a group show first. Right. And some of them get a little irritated because they want a solo show. Of course. But my advice is, you haven't worked with us. We haven't worked with you. We may not play well together. We got to start somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, we yeah. may, you know, we do things a little bit differently. And isn't a group date always easier than a one-on-one? -on -one <laughs> I mean, way more, a lot more, no, no lulls in conversation. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Um, let's talk a little bit about your art. You are very talented and do so many wonderful things. Um, the original father of the paper cut. I don't know, but you... Well, talk about your medium and what you what you do. I do multi-dimensional paper cuts, <laughs> um, usually based on pop culture, and sometimes mixed with wordplay. Sometimes not, and I think I experiment a lot with the idea of nostalgia, mm. and sometimes a lot I've. I've sold work before where it was my metallic paper. Three years later, they call and they say, we thought it was metal. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, no, it's paper. Wow. So it's that I like to be able to use paper to sort of trick the viewer. Mm -hmm. But in tricking them, you also sort of entice them into the work so they stay on it longer and find different things within it. So it's a bit of puzzle making a bit of map making uh, a, and a bit about identity. Yes. So. Yeah. And showing something, revealing something, feeling something, 
all happening in one piece, it seems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like I like to kind of mash it up sometimes. And I constantly, I have a lot of different series of what I do. So that way I can say I'm a serial artist. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, recently you were involved with... Uh, creating a piece it was it every day for a oh yeah time? the yeah. Uh, drive through art box so uh that's that's run by sulfur studios so again you know we're location gallery they're sulfur studios we kept having this guy like we had one of their one of their um head honchos in for a show last january and that's when the conversation started with we want you to do the art box and i'm like uh, okay uh and I said, when? And they said, summer. And I said, it has to be fall. I, there's no way, you know, like I could right. bang that out that quickly. Right, right. So what I did was I took my series of head cases and adapted them to 36 local artists. And I made them larger. I probably scaled them up 300%. Oh, wow. So they're all in little boxes that have saloon doors on them. Mm. And the idea was to do a, an artist a day for an artist advent calendar. Right. Now, mind you, there's 36 artists and we did it over five and a half weeks. So, you know, it's art school math, but who cares? <laughs> so every day I would go down and um, open one up and then, you know, I'd the accompanying video that mm-hmm. I would post and just kept that momentum going. And I thought, well, either I'm going to have strengthened 36 friendships or I am going to have 18 less friends. Right. Either way, <laughs> either way, something's you know, going to happen. Something's going to happen, right. but it was received really positively. And you know, the criteria was, was artists I, I had worked with and played with gotten to know. And also there, I learned from them and they learned from me. So there's a good exchange going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I couldn't just, you know, like, because head cases are like literally like what's what's growing out of their head. Right. So it's an illustration of what were they thinking. Right. Right. So I just felt like I know this set well enough to kind of make that ideation. Right. For that long is pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean... That takes some thought. Well, they were all, yeah. like, set up in the yes. drive through art right, box. Right, I right. just opened them yeah. up. Yeah. But what a cool idea. Hey, you know, this. artists need the love. They oh need the gosh, shout out. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. You know? And so the artist talk was insane. Like, so many people showed up. Uh, we did the final reveal and um, claps and applause and all that madness. And, mm. you know, maybe about a 17-minute artist talk because I don't, you know want to talk that long right and um the conversations that i overheard were amazing because it literally was mostly just creatives mm. so none of them had to be on it was like old home week nice i don't think i've drank in a parking lot like that since junior <laughs> high <laughs> it felt very uh family community i love yeah. that i love that yeah. you know you and i have had many conversations about the creative community and and where it's going as a whole because you and i have been in other states and other places yeah. and and where it's going here and 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 i think there is this this thirst here and in other places too but we feel it here because we live here that it's like we we want the artist and the creative community to get exactly what they deserve because yeah. they're putting so much of themselves in 
and on something mm-hmm. all the time. All the time. Yeah. And it's funny because people say, oh, I love to live in an art town. I'm like, well, you kind of have to buy the art. Yes. So you can keep the artists That's here right. making the art. Yes. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a lovely sentiment, but you kind of have to support. It's a two-way relationship. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Do you think we're getting there um, here in Savannah? Do you think that's... I think we are. I mean, yeah. I think it's always been a constant. I think I think perhaps, you know, we could have more, you know, like private-public partnerships mm. or private-private partnerships. Right. You know, like our model here, people could do that. But I don't know if they sort of understand all the work that goes in right. and pulling the shows together and the marketing and the PR and the social media and, 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 yeah. um, I don't know if that, you know, there are very many local businesses that could commit to doing that mm-hmm. or would want to commit to doing that. Right. Or have the staff or the time or the, right. there's a lot of work that goes, there's into a lot it. of work and, you know, I'm independent, but it's also, I'm able to do it because, I'm able to sell my work elsewhere and also promote here as well as my own promote here. But it's a it's a chicken or the egg. Right. Mm. Um, You know, I think it would be more encouraging for possibly the city to say, hey, we're going to apply for these arts grants and you as a business, you know, you can apply to make your place an art space. Right. You know, right. and I think it's got to be some, again, like a private public relationship mm-hmm. or an incentive. Yeah. Um, you know, because everyone always asks, like, why don't we have, like, you know, a, an, an arts district here? I said, because Savannah's, like, the real estate's too valuable. Mm. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> there's really not a lot. Right. You know, insofar as that type of commercial property. Yeah. So I don't know if that if that's a reality. Right. You know, and some people too feel like, you know, it's sort of like the he- the healthy section in a grocery store. Right. It's like, couldn't the whole grocery store just have some healthy stuff? Is it like that for the art community? It's like Savannah's pretty artsy everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I mean, you know, we had several galleries closed last year, but I think that's just more of a just a normal f- ebb and flow. Yes. Um, yes. I, it would be nice to see probably like more, it would be nice to see like the city do something where, you know, they have an art fest like in Forsyth park with booths and, you know, have a hundred artists or mm. 500 or whatnot. Right. Right. You know, and make that sort of a staple of the Savannah scene, mm-hmm. you know, make yeah. that. Cause then it becomes more, uh, Internet or nationally recognized, regionally, nationally, and then internationally. Right, right, you know? right. Um, I, I don't think we'll ever get to the level of like an art Basel, but it would be nice. It would be nice. Um, it's a it's a tricky time, I think. Yeah. You know, uh, 23, you know, we're all booked up and now I'm like, oh, gosh, these other artists need to sell work. I guess we better do some pop-ups. That's right. You know? Yeah. Which goes very well here. Yeah. Pop-ups go over yeah. very well. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's a that's always a fun thing. And people are looking for them now. They're like, oh, where's their pop-up? What's going on here? Can right. You, you know. Right. So, yeah, I think that that would work well. 
Um, Speaking of being booked up this year, what what are we looking for at Location Gallery? Oh, boy. For the rest of the year? Well, we have our uh, anniversary show, which will be... Offsite, yes, at a uh, 1925 mansion in Ardsley Park at One Lattimore Place, the, on the uh, 24th of February, and we end the auction in person at Lattimore. Uh, the night before, they're they're doing a private dinner, uh, cooked by uh, artist chef Shelley Smith, which I think we sold all the tickets to. Oh, I'm sure. I know they're going to go fast. Um, but you know, people you know, people have to, you know, check in mm-hmm. like online because we can only have about 150 people right. at the auction. So I'm hoping that that doesn't explode too far. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, we're doing a three-person show of paper cut artists mm. at the end of March, and then in May, yeah, April, we're doing a wonderful series by. A photographer by the name of Claire Barrett, who does uh, brand and high-end wedding photography. Oh, wow. And she's done a lovely series, lovely but deadly series called Southern Belladonna. And it is a very glamorous, well-to-do, well-heeled Southern women. And uh, with their predatory animal in tow or around them. So snakes, hornet's nests, spiders. That sounds very interesting. Yeah, it's very cool. Oh, I bet. Um, And then uh, we've got uh, Bernard Nolan, who's doing uh, Savannah Cityscapes at Night. Mm. Fine oil painting. Should be very cool. Yes. And then after that, Bellamy Murphy, local fave, is going to bring Asaba Island into the gallery. Ooh. So July is a duet show that's probably been 30 years in the making Fun (laughs) with my good friend, Melody Postma and I are finally doing a joint show together. Nice. All about summer travel. And then we're doing the uh, hospice summer nights event with the Soy E Soy group, who are a group of Latin indigenous uh, artists here in Savannah. So that'll be a, a fun, fun mm-hmm. night. I think the title of that is uh, Colores Calidos. Oh, wow. So that'll be a good one. And then we are doing Ruby McGrory and Max Feist as a pop show pop-up. And then we're doing Savinopoly again in October. Wow. Busy. So, yeah. Busy, busy. Well, it's nice to like have it all like laid oh, out so and good. In, yeah. in in turn just so we can, you know, look at other things and potentially do other projects mm-hmm. that, you know, we haven't had the ability to do before. Right. Because we've just been chasing our tails. You're always working and planning and, and somehow finding time to do your own art, which is fantastic. What... What moves you art-wise? What was the last time you were struck and moved? By to-do work or somebody else's work? Yeah, either way. Either way. Uh, Maybe both. Actually, at the Look Show at Sulphur Studios, Christina Edwards had an incredible piece on uh, plexiglass that I was like, what the what? (laughs) Like what? (laughs) Like you tricked me. Right. Because she works in encaustics, and I was like, oh, it's not encaustic. Wow. It was very cool. 
Very cool. I miss her. She's in Miami, but hopefully she'll come back. Come back, Christina. So that was a that was a move you moment. Yeah, yeah. No, I was like, wow, that's really rocking. I mean, it's interesting because you'd think I'd be so I'd be jaded by now about right, people's right, work, but right. I'm just not. Yeah. I'm like, how'd you do that? <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, you're you're still curious. And no, you're, yeah. You're still movable. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, and I just you know I love I love like so many of my artist friends that are like banging it out and shows in New York or LA and you know people are really kind of spreading their wings because you know we're all sort of on this trajectory and then COVID happened Mm. and everything just sort of went yeah you know I mean I my last head case show before Artbox was uh Friday the 13th in Manhattan of 2020 oh wow so the night before my opening my big opening in in Mm. Manhattan was the was the night Broadway shut down oh gosh so it's like, oh, what's going to happen? Yeah. But we've made it through. Yeah. We've changed. We're different. Different, better, stronger, right? faster. Yeah, all the things. <laughs> all the things we we weren't sure. There was a lot of fear around that, which doesn't mix well with no. art and creative sometimes. And trying to grow and... Yeah, and figure out your next move. Yeah. And, um, you know, you always have to have your dance card full in this business. Yes. So... Uh, you know, good advice is to always look for the next one. Don't rely on what you, you're only as good as your last sale. Mm, yeah. You know, that's the truth. So, you know, look at other places. Right. You know, I mean, other towns have great art scenes. Go ahead and apply. Why not? Can't hurt. That's right. Why not? You know, then it's a whole new audience. Mm-hmm. Well, you're going to have a, a ton of wonderful things happening uh, at Location Gallery for the year. It just sounds like it's going to be a can't-miss year. Um, we always like to end with a couple of made-up questions. Okay. So uh, here's one. If you are having friends, family, um, enemies come to Savannah, what is your must-see list made of when you have visiting mm. folks? Wow. Um Bonaventure Cemetery, mm. Victory Drive, which has the longest sequential run of palm trees That's right. in the country because they are all planted for uh, war vets. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's an amazing drive. It's a great story. And gosh, let me think for a minute. <laughs> I would say... I'm, try, I'm trying to think like, you know, like, so I was like, well, where should I eat? Like that question. And I'm always like, well, what do you like to eat? Because yes. we have so much. It's um, true. Um, I would say probably a good sunset cocktail at the Peregrine. Mm, yes. It's always, That's, you cannot it's always well done. Yeah. Or, the, or a good cocktail at the artillery. Yes. Oh, those are, you know. those are good at, at artillery. Yeah. Those are very good. Probably so, my I think one something of mine. like yeah. that, you know. Yeah. Um, what is your, uh, speaking of cocktails, what is your go-to cocktail made of? Oh boy. Uh, made by myself or made by somebody else? Well, see, that's a great question because (laughs) we, we have that. We have a fancy out cocktail and we do like the at home cocktails. So yeah, either. I would say traditional French martini Mm. is always a plus. It's vanilla infused vodka, Chambord. And pineapple juice shaken and stirred up. Oh, my, my. Deadly. That's But delicious. Good. Yeah. Now, that's a traditional French? Mm-hmm. Okay. French martini. I've just recently gotten into the extra dirty martini. 
This is more sweet. Yes, um, I can tell. But and also lightly refreshing. The first time I had one was in New Orleans, mm. and people started making them here. But I haven't ordered one out in quite a while. Mm. You probably have to tell them how to make it, though. Now I want one of those. So. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite go-to spot here to eat, or? Uh, yeah, Bull Street Taco. Oh, so good. Yeah. And speaking of cocktails, great margarita there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You really now, cocktail on. I'd make at home is probably a little grosser, but, you <laughs> know, uh, Boodle's gin, vitamin water, and soda. Whoa, you're right. Hey, it's got all the hydrating aspects, so it's kind, say, of, it's kind of zero sum. It's basically a salad. <laughs> it's healthy yeah. when you think about right. it. Peter Roberts, thank you so much for uh, being a part of this community, and, and thank you for moving the needle in savannah all the time try and try and thank you yeah thanks for being here we'd love for you to share this podcast with someone you love or even someone you don't love you never know it could mend a fence Make sure to follow the Made Up Savannah podcast so it's always in your podcast feed. And you can follow along with what we're doing on Instagram at Made of Savannah on Instagram. If you're moving to Savannah for the first time or just moving around town, it's a big deal. And it's always easier to work with someone who knows that or gosh, better yet, a whole team who knows it. That's McManamy, Jackson, and Hollis, real estate experts who know the stakes and believe wholeheartedly that every client is more than just a transaction. A real estate lawyer can help you avoid some serious issues with your big deal, residential, commercial, corporate, even title insurance. McManamy, Jackson, and Hollis, 415 Eisenhower Drive and mjhfirm.com. That's mjhfirm.com. The Made Up Savannah podcast is also brought to you by First Coast Mortgage. Michael Caputo and the team at First Coast Mortgage love seeing new people discover Savannah and choose to move here. And they've seen a lot of that as a local lender for the last 30 years. At First Coast Mortgage, they are the guide and the clients are the heroes in the home buying story. The home buying process can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Getting a solid buying plan in place is the best way to lower the stress involved with getting a home. And starting that planning process early is the best path for most borrowers. Find out how they can simplify the buying process and get pre-approved at firstcoastmortgage.com. First Coast Mortgage, helping you make good decisions so you can love where you live. Thanks to our sponsor, Spectrum Printing and Marketing. Kim Bullock and Michelle Thompson have over 35 years of experience as a locally owned family business. Spectrum specializes in you. Marketing solutions, increasing your brand recognition, they are the number one source for all of your printing, promotional products, and even custom apparel. They pride themselves in providing the elite customer service care you deserve. And they prove it, too, by connecting you with a person who is ready and happy to serve you whenever you call. Feel free to pick up the phone, email them, or connect on social media. They would love to talk to you. 912-897-7228. 912-897-7228. You can email Kim at Spectrum sav.com that's kim at spectrum sav.com spectrum printing and marketing they specialize in you
And of course, when you're searching for dedicated, experienced real estate agents, homes for sale or homes for rent, check us out at Corcoran Austin Hill Realty, 251 Bull Street in Savannah and CorcoranAHR.com. That's CorcoranAHR.com. Thanks for listening to Made of Savannah. The welcome mat is always out.